She may be a native Texan or not. We're not sure. But we do know she started the Fredericksburg Tea Party in 2009. She's a student of fine equine. And she's a true believer in correcting Matt whenever it's needed. This is the Angela Smith Show with special co-host Matt Long. Good morning, Matt Long. Good morning, Angela Smith. Man, I'll tell you what, wasn't that an awesome rain we got this weekend? we got to talk about the weather. Oh, of course we have to. Well, I was waiting for the weather, watching the weather, and luckily we got the weather we needed. Yeah, Perfect. we did. It was. It was uh, Gail was praying last night uh, for dinner, and she said, and thank you for the slow, steady That's rain. Right. <laughs> that kind. Which yes, is exactly. exactly the kind of things we need. And, of course, um, caught myself trying having to be nice to the tourists this weekend. Lots yes. of people in town. There were. And it's a lot gonna, of people in the hill country. And I don't know if it's just going to be that way all week or if we're going to uh, get... Probably. Probably. Yeah. And then Thursday and Friday is going to be a, another... A madhouse. A madhouse. But we love it because yeah. that's what gives you and I the ability to live here. Because right. um, yep. there wouldn't be much besides uh, not, not putting the peaches down, but uh, that's not enough to keep us all going nope. here. So... Uh, thank you for everyone who's visiting, and for those of you who are going to be traveling this week, and uh, please be praying for those who are traveling. Um, I know we're sticking around here. I will be on the air Thursday. You know, to, uh, Wednesday is the 60th anniversary of the assassination of our president. Yeah, you're right. Um, and JFK. JFK, and... Uh, I'm gonna. I have not spoken to my mom yet, but if you're listening, mom, I'm gonna call you later. We were in uh, Eastern Europe when that happened in Vienna, Austria, mm-hmm. and um, if you know your history, uh, World War One started when the essentially the uh, president of mm-hmm. Austria was assassinated. And so we live in Austria at the time, and uh, Archduke Ferdinand, who was assassination, started World War One. The Austrians, when our president was um, shot and killed, their immediate assumption was, we're going to war. And they were concerned. And so a uh, different look on a uh, different uh, look as to how... Um, what uh, happened that uh, 60 years ago and the effect it had on different people. So I'm going to probably spend some time on that on Wednesday. Oh, I know good. we I know we have Bonnie Wallace coming in here on Wednesday. Good. And uh, they're doing a fundraiser up in uh, Lano next week. Yes, they are. For the Lano uh, library fight. And, uh, boy, she sure would like to sell some tickets on that. Do we have information that in the newsletter going out today? Today. Today. All right. So if you get the newsletter today, Bonnie texted me on uh, Thursday or Friday and said, Matt, I'm getting a little nervous. And I had to text her back and let her know that, well, you know, those of us who have been doing this for many, many years know <laughs> that how often is it and then you get three days before and a whole lot of tickets sell. And uh, that, yes, that's really definitely. And so I, I told Bonnie, I said, all right, so. We want to talk about that event um, more. I want to promote that because this is so important. And the fight she's taking on and the attorneys and the cost of that on the uh, Lano uh, County Library. So we want to talk more about that. The the long-range effects of of where this, this fight goes is going to be huge, Matt. Yeah. It's not just, it's not just Lano. Mm Mm-mm. 
It's everywhere. Yeah. And uh, so there's two, you know, we've talked about this, the uh, school books, the school library and the public library. Mm-hmm. And uh, from the very beginning, I said that uh, those need to be two different approaches, I believe. And I think they have been taking different approaches, fighting those. But uh, they may be gaining ground in Lano, but we're losing ground here in Fredericksburg, are we not? Well, uh, they've it, still put the books. They put the books back in the they're, library. They're harboring them in a what I call the X-rated section <laughs> somewhere. Somewhere behind the beaded curtain. Yes. Yeah. There you go, Matt. The beaded curtain. Oh my yeah. goodness! I so, remember. You, yeah. You, if your I, mom and dad say you can read that smut, yeah. Then, uh, yeah, you can read that smut. And you can go behind the the, the curtain there yeah. at Fredericksburg High School. I think this. Uh, I think this fight's about to get bigger. Um, and uh, so. Yes. We're, we're, uh, but it needs parents. It needs, uh, citizens. It needs, you know, Angela makes the point quite a bit. It's not just the parents. Right. It's the grandparents. It's the taxpayer. That's the one I was going That's after. That's the one you're going after. Exactly. Listen, if you're a taxpayer, you are, you are a part of this fight. And yeah. if you aren't, uh, you, you're, you're paying for this stuff. <laughs> so yeah. let me just get it down to the basics. You're paying for this stuff. Is that where you want your money to go? And these people on a school board, that small group of people on the school board, should be hearing from you that you, as a taxpayer, do not want to pay for pornography in a, in the schools, period. Yeah. How, how hard is that? Yeah. Simple, simple, simple. simple. And um, in the transition to school choice, we're going to talk about school choice today. We're going to talk about uh, false advertising a yes, little we bit. Are. Um, yeah, false advertising. That's always a good one. Um, but, uh, school choice, you know, with school choice, you know, parents could be able to say, well, if they're going to keep that junk in my classroom mm-hmm. and in our schools, we're going to take our kid and go somewhere else. That's right. Competition is absolutely competition is what's made everything in this country. Great. Right. Everything in this yep. country. Great. Has been competition. Iron sharpens iron, and according to the Bible. There you go. And and imagine if we only had Coca-Cola. We had no other choices. <laughs> right. Because someone said, nope, that's it. It's Coca-Cola. That's the only one you can have. And no, how dare you desire a Big Red or a <laughs> Dr. Pepper right. or a... And then when Coca-Cola came under pressure, what did they do? They came up with new Coca-Cola. Do you right. remember that? Yes, new and I improved? Do. Yes, I was never, uh, the only time I was a Coca-Cola drinker is when I'm in a foreign country and it's about, seems like it's the only <laughs> drink I can trust. Yes. Um, but uh, even then it was like they, they're losing money and so they had to come up with a new Coca-Cola. It didn't work so well. No. They went back to their old recipe. They did. But all of that comes out of competition mm-hmm. and that is what our public schools lack is competition and their man teachers superintendents these guys are scared to death of competition you have angela you have competition in what you do right in all your horses yes. all day long horses the guest house business all of it all of that you have yes. competition so what is that that competition it makes me better it makes you better that's the bottom line it makes me better you want people to come back to your b&b sure Absolutely. And you want them to go out and tell people that it was the best. It was the best. Yeah. 
And they and someone may say, well, you know, I was in Fredericksburg last year and I stayed over at that, uh, you know, the whatever, the Pink Heart B&B. I, I'm making up a name. But Angela Smith's B&B was better. This is competition makes everything better. And uh, that's where they're missing this message in school choice. Yep. Um, and I'm going to have to uh, give you a little teaser for when we come back and start talking about this. I hated HB1 school choice bill. Yep. I thought it was the worst absolute school choice bill that we could have come up with out of this session. It was absolutely no good. It wasn't universal. Wasn't any of those things. And now here's where it's going to sound like I'm crazy. I was also very, very angry at the 21 Repu- or the 20 Republicans mm-hmm. who killed this bill. So go and figure. We're, uh, let me give you some words of wisdom. Let's see if we can come up with something quickly here from Ben uh, Franklin. Um, let's see. Oh, here, here's a good one. He that has not got a wife is not yet a complete man. You know, I was not married till I was 42, and I was not a complete man till I met my wife, Gail. So there you go. He that's not got a wife is not yet a complete man. It doesn't say anything about she who's not got a husband but it doesn't, uh, it doesn't say anything <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll just leave that one up to your okay. imagination <laughs> ben franklin y'all stay tuned we will be right back he doesn't just complain into a microphone blah 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 matt long on the hill country patriot The Hill Country Patriot. All right. We are back. We are back. We are back. Uh, school choice. Um, I read something this morning that someone said they're as tired of hearing about school choice as they are transgenders. <laughs> um, and I didn't know I had to stop and look at that again. And I, I could see where you would where you would get there on that but um well we've only been talking about it for how many years yeah literally yeah why are we still talking about it and on the republican uh, platform the republican party of texas when we get together every two years and look at our priorities school choice is always on the list this is a statewide organization folks yeah one (laughs) of the the largest republican organization in the country yeah some people claim that it may be the largest political organization in the world. And when yeah. we get together, I think it might be yes. when we get our um, every two years, our our state conventions together. Um, even when we send out the uh, during the primaries and we have that um, those uh, what do you call them? Propositions, Propositions yeah. on the primary. Now, those always throw people off because lots of times people think, Oh, we're voting on a law. We're voting on. No, no. No. These are opinion polls that they put with your Republican primary. Now, why do they do that? Because that's when your best Republicans all go vote. Right. Right. So we had, what, 10 on the last? I think I remember. I think it was about 10. In the last primary. In the last primary. So basically you show up to vote and they know you're going to show up to vote and they want to know what you think as a Republican. And oh, and so bad. that was on there. And the the voters that show up in the primaries for what whether it's whatever political party it is, mm-hmm. if you're a voter that bothers to show up at the primary, that that makes you a concerned voter, doesn't it? Doesn't that put yes. you at like the you're, the you're a, t- 
tops. That you yes. you should be who is paid attention to first, yes. because you're the first one that you're you're there. Yes. And there's so many people that don't vote in the primary, and we've got the numbers to prove that. So all of this to say is that during the primary, when that was on the ballot um, last uh, last uh, last primary. It was over 80, I believe it was 88% mm-hmm. of Texas Republicans said, we want school choice. Yes. Um, we had all kinds of people run on it. Um, I think the general knowledge for several years has been that the Speaker of the House, for whatever reason, we don't know, but the Speaker of the House, uh, that cabal does not want school choice. And uh, his sycophants... Um, among them uh, being um, Andy Murr, being one of them, mm-hmm. um, are, are going to go along with whatever they can to keep him happy. There were 20 Republicans on Friday who voted to kill the school choice amendment, and it was not brought up or put on uh, the amendment by Democrats. It was actually put on by a Republican by, a Republican by the yeah. name of John Rainey. John Rainey put it on, and mm-hmm. oh man, he went on his speech. I listened to him, and yes, on Friday mm-hmm. I did. I tuned in about ten fifteen Friday morning, Angela, and yeah. it was. I think they got quit early. I think it was about five o'clock. Yeah, they got done on mm-hmm. Friday, mm-hmm. but what they did though is they managed to take this bill that uh, had the school choice in it, which was not a school choice bill. I thought was any good. Um, and I wasn't ready to take the crumbs off the table, mm-hmm. but at the same time, these guys, these 20 guys got together with the Democrats and were able to take that off. Killed it. Kill, killed, killed the school intent. choice. Killed the real intent of the bill. Don't you think, Matt? I mean, that was the whole purpose of being there was school choice, um, education savings accounts, that whole thing. So, uh, yeah, they killed it. I believe it was uh, Tenderholt. Ah, yes, there it was. I was going by memory, and then I look over here on the on the uh, uh, article in the Texas Scorecard. Tony Tenderholt, when the um, amendment was made, mm-hmm. Tony Tenderholt uh, uh, um, came up and did a point of order, threw some poo out there, P-O-O, point of order. Yeah. And that kind of surprised me because it's always the point of order always yeah. comes from Democrats, and the Speaker of the House always sustains it. So here it was, Tony getting up, and he said, uh, "Listen, this uh, this is not germane. This this destroys the intent of the bill. That's right. Destroys the intent the of the of bill, it, basically. And at that point of time, the if our parliamentarian wasn't a hardcore Democrat, thank you, Dave Phelan, and, and Dave Phelan, of, yeah. and and all the and and Andy Murr, those mm-hmm. are guys who are this is whose responsibility this lies on." Um, they said, no, it's, it's okay. They can do that. Yeah. And, uh, and so just another example of how it's so biased yeah. at the dais, the biased dais at the Texas house. Um, and, um, so yeah, we had school choice. It was in there. It was not good. It was terrible. I was upset about it, and yet at the same time, when the Republicans come out to kill even just the smallest piece of it. Instead of coming out to amend it and make it better, because they could have done that. that. That's their job. They could have brought the amendments that it would have made it better and mm-hmm. gotten rid of the bad stuff. And Because what I understand, Matt, is 
here was the heart of the bill, you know, education savings accounts, that sort of thing. And then there was a lot of stuff in and around that that shouldn't be there. Right. And that was the problem, right? Mm-hmm. So why didn't our Republicans come in and amend this bill, keep the heart of it, get the the bad stuff out, and then send that back to the, back back to to the, the Senate. Senate? Yep, yep. So that's that's how it works. But no, they didn't do that. <laughs> Yeah, they didn't even attempt to do that. I mean, really, I don't think. No, no, there was not an attempt to do that, and and I, I hate to say it, but a lot of it, I think they know it's a foregone conclusion. Why put all the work into yeah. it if you know the speaker's going to kill it? Yeah, and beat it down. I guess I was a little bothered by those on our side who were praising what an awesome school choice bill it was. Yeah, um, I hate I, that when they do. I really don't like it when they do that. I no, they, I wish they'd be honest about it and just like we're being honest about it the intent is good there's a lot of stuff that needs to come off of it and we're going to work on that yep and that's that's what they're there for right yeah and and, it's a special session what are they there for yeah school choice that's what the that's what the that's what our governor said he told us back that back in may he said we're going to convene in october and we're going to do school choice in october so here we are, November. And by the way, this bill is not going to get resurrected. Well, let's put it this way. Given the current, the way things are moving, there's not a chance we get school choice in this okay. session. It could happen. I mean, it's not physically impossible, but it's kind of like, you know, you're watching a turtle go down the road or cross the road and you're thinking there's no way he's going to get across. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. he could really pick up the pace but you but knowing but, the other factors surrounding it yes can, can we say that knowing the other factors surrounding this <laughs> that turtle's just going highly improbable yeah it is so um i i man i would love to see the the governor just say y'all are going to be that way i'm going to have y'all in here during christmas mm-hmm. you know i i think that really would be just call them right straight that, back into session. And that's session. his job. Yeah. I mean, he can do it if he wants to double down on this and say, look, I told you guys we're going to get school choice this year. We've been working on it for how many sessions, Matt? I don't even. I'm going to go back at least three sessions, Yeah, including this one. So mm. this one, the last session, we hardly even talked about it. I mean, kind of like it just fell yeah. off the face of the earth and we're like wait a minute didn't we fight this battle the last session why aren't we bringing it back because it's a big deal no we didn't do it the prior session so we fought it hard six years ago mm-hmm. and i don't know if i think sure it was a conversation before that so let's give it six to eight years you know and they and republicans still don't represent us they don't represent the republicans no and uh, Andy Murr was not is not representing you at Happy all. Happy to carry the water. And uh, the eighty eight percent. It'd be curious to go into his uh, voting district, yes, and see how his constituents. How did Andy Murr's constituents vote? Someone do that homework out there for me. Mm-hmm. How did how did how did uh, Andy Murr's constituents vote when that was on the uh, primary ballot? Mm-hmm last time about school choice i mean it could be that uh, you know that his district it was you know 43 percent in favor of school choice Mm -hmm. maybe other districts just you know uh, the average just went up there 
But I bet you that is not true. I'd be willing to bet that his his district probably fell right in line with the state average somewhere in the upper 80s, even Mm -hmm. in the 90s percent. So Because they're staunch Republicans. Yeah. They're staunch conservative Republicans in his district. So Andy Murr betrayed you. He also spent this entire session, instead of being on the floor, um, doing your business and voting on time, he was in a secret committee where they were piling up false charges against our um, awesome um, Attorney General Ken Paxton, great conservative um, Attorney General Ken Paxton. Folks, we're going to take some... uh, we're going to take a short break here, and when we get back, we're going to talk about false advertising. It's coming from a lot of people, lots of people with false advertising and telling little stories that may have, uh, there may be some truth within the kernel of the story, okay. but uh, it, it, ain't, it ain't real. So, folks, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Fighting the good fight. Matt Long on the Hill Country Patriots. All right, we are back. Let's talk about false advertising right now. Many of you got a flyer, um, I believe it was about two, two and a half weeks ago in the mail. It uh, actually went out across the state um, to a bunch of different, uh, for a bunch of different representatives, and it was the same flyer. And it just changed the names and okay. the one, and it was paid by, for by Dade Phelan. Yes, and it says it up there in the um, oh, upper, yeah. upper in the tiniest legal print available, uh, with the dimmest uh, ink color <laughs> legally available legally, and that's what they do. But they put the language up there. That's why when you read these bills and it and it tells you what font to use, yes. <laughs> you go. Why in the world would they put that in the bill, the font and the font size? Yeah. Well, now you know because they would just love to see that not even be on there. Who paid for that flyer? Dade Phelan paid for that flyer yeah. that went out to all of those who supported him this session and okay. his nefarious plans. Yep. And um, on there, the advertising on it, among a couple of things, uh, they brag about the bajillions of dollars they spent on border security and Oh, yeah. yeah. We, how's that, how's yeah. that working for us? Matt? Yeah. How's that working for you? Oh, I hate it. I, I have a preacher friend who says that, and it just makes my <laughs> hackles. How's that working for you? Yeah. yeah uh-huh. It slaps you in the face. It <laughs> is. It does. It's a slap in the face. Yeah. Um, but on there, on that flyer, and actually, I have it right here. Angela. Oh, uh, good, Matt. I happen out. to have it in my hand right here. Oh, yeah, there it is. It says $5.1 billion in new border security funding, largest property tax cut in American history. (laughs) I'm sorry I'm laughing. Largest property tax cut in American history. Okay, there's got to be some metrics. There's the word I was looking for. There's got to be some metrics that they use to make that claim. 
They, it, surely they have some kind I'm sure, of metrics. I'm sure they've got some. They've, they've finagled something, Matt. I did. I used several different search engines, and I put down largest tax cut in U.S. history. Okay. And, and it didn't matter which search engine I used. The number one. Now, what came in second and third and fourth moved around a little bit because it is all based on the metrics that they use. Mm. And so, but the number one, everybody, every single one of those uh, search engines said it was the Reagan, Ronald Reagan tax cut okay. of 1981. Okay. No mention on there was like, oh yeah, you thought Ronald Reagan's tax cut was big. OMG, you should have <laughs> seen what the Texas House did. <laughs> there was nothing in there. And let's get this straight. It wasn't a tax cut. Number one, it was That's not right. a tax cut. Revenue was not decreased. When I was doing my research on tax cuts, the things they looked for, Angela, was did the revenue decrease? Right. Because did they quit taking money from you, did the they tax paper, taxpayer, and leave a little bit more in your pocket, right? That's a tax cut. That's a tax cut in my in my mind. And I think that's a tax cut. In our listeners' minds. Yeah. yeah. You know. But, you know, when they were going through all of this, and I remember having that. Remember, we, I even had two, at least two guests on here come and explain to us what compression was. Mm -hmm. Because they kept saying compression. Mm -hmm. Tax rate compression. They were not saying lower your tax rates. Right. No. They were not. They were saying compression. Mm -hmm. And, folks, that's what they got us, compression. Now, they gave us compression in the last session, all right? Then the 87th le legislative session, they gave us compression of, let's see, how much was it uh, in the first, um, but at 5.3 billion compression, um, and that was in the last legislative session. Mm -hmm. So let's get back. What does compression means? It means they're paying for it from another pocket. In they're, which they're, they took money from you to fill. And and where what other pocket do they have? Well, they get sales tax. Yes. Who pays sales taxes? You and I. Yeah. Every single person that walks in the grocery store pays sales tax. Mm -hmm. So they're telling you that your M&O, they're compressing your rates, right? Mm -hmm. So they're saying, look, you get a tax cut. You didn't get a tax cut. No. It's just, I would even say someone else is paying for it, which would make it sound socialist, but it's not even someone no. else. It is still you. Yes. And, and I don't know how to make this any plainer, but we're going to keep this as simple as possible. Texas cannot print money. They cannot print money, right? That's correct. Every penny the state of Texas has in its bank account, or whichever accounts, and they got a bajillion accounts, but oh let's just gosh. call them one bucket. Okay. Every penny comes from a human being paying into that, a That's corporation right. or a business or something. So if Pepsi-Cola or if... Um, I don't know, some Hyundai pays a big fee to bring their cars in into the port of Houston, and they unload them in there. They have to pay a fee that goes into the Texas pockets. Does Hyundai just pay for that out of the goodness of their heart? Uh, oh, heck no. Heck no, no. The price of your car goes up. Yes. All right? 
they did not decrease their revenue, therefore there was no tax cut. And in order for them to call it the largest tax cut in Texas history, not U.S. history, but Texas history, mm-hmm. which is what everybody else is calling it, except for that one flyer. And then Ellen Troxclair in an article in the newspaper, yeah, Fredericksburg newspaper, yes. she also called it the largest tax yes. cut in American history. In Folks, U.S. In history, U.S. history, you're reading it. The flyer said American. She said U.S. history. Mm-hmm. We have got to find out the metrics. How do you say that? What numbers are yeah. you using? Uh, there may be a set of numbers. Listen, we all know how statistics work, right? There's a yeah. number. There's statistics. There's uh, there's an old saying that ends up with curse words that uh, uh, that talks about statistics, and then right. and then they're just yeah. <laughs> You can pull numbers out that are all right numbers and make them look appear and, whatever they want make, to be. Make them do whatever you want them to do, and and exactly. and, and remain legally doing yeah. so. Yeah. But at the end of the day, and and who's going to hold them? See, we're not even going to see this relief until your next tax bill comes up, mm-hmm. and who's even going to remember that they were bragging about this? Then, right? You'll pay your tax bill. You'll have forgotten. A long time ago, yeah. you'll go, oh, look, this tax bill lower than it was last year, and, and your wife will pick it up and go, yeah, $7. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 20 bucks. 20 bucks yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Plus, this compression, all right, we're going to talk, we're going to come back to it. They're paying for it out of another pocket. So how did they go to the largest tax cut in Texas history? Because I can see how they came up with that. What they did was they compressed twelve point seven billion of your of your tax of your school taxes. Mm-hmm. In other words, they paid for it out of another pocket. Twelve point seven billion. Well, the largest property tax cut was fourteen point two billion in two thousand and eight. That that was fourteen, yeah. and and this one it was only twelve point seven. So, how are they calling it? The largest, well, they're going back in and combining the $5.3 billion to pay for last session's tax cut. Mm. So last session, they did a compression of $5.3 billion. They took it out of extra money and they paid for it. Okay. That was in one, one, uh, one, one. check, one yeah. event. This year they added twelve point seven billion. Well, in order to keep up last sessions, they had to pay for that again, because remember it's compression. Mm-hmm. It's not a reduction in the revenue they've taken in. Right. They're taking it out of another pocket, so they're going to have to do that every year. Mm-hmm. That largest tax cut in the history of the universe was paying this year again for last year's tax cut. Mm-hmm. So so we're on the hook now for 5.3 billion last session, 5.3 billion this session, add 12.7 to that and if they're going to maintain that in the next session, yeah. maintain this, right? Because yeah. if they don't maintain it, you you it all comes back. That's right. It all comes back cuz it's because not a tax cut. They, because they're not cutting anything. They're not cutting anything. Right. They're paying for it out of another pocket. So we were on the hook for five point three billion from the eighty seventh session. Now in the next session we're gonna be on the hook for let's see let's see seventeen eighteen billion. We're gonna be on the hook mm-hmm. next session for eighteen billion, 
Plus, you know they're going to want to tell us to give us another tax break because that's how they get reelected. Yeah, they're going to have to pay that eighteen billion in the next over the next fiscal two years. Yeah, and then if they're going to keep that up and they're going to add to it, where are they getting this money? It's coming from the surplus. How much surplus do we have? Thirty-three billion dollars. Mm-hmm. How long before that's gone? You know, right? And and we have a downturn in the economy. Folks, you did not get a tax cut at all. It was not a tax cut. Right. It was a compression. And insure as heck wasn't the largest in the history of the universe. (laughs) Somebody please ask Ellen Troxclair, what are the metrics? It should be simple. In fact, if she doesn't know it right then, tell her that's all right. When she gets back to the office, she can send them an email or a... Send her the ask for the receipts on this. Want to see how did they calculate that? How did they because they're bound to have somebody's bound to say, well, if you use this number here and that number over there, it blah, blah, blah. Show. I want to see those numbers. Yeah, I, I don't blame you, Matt. I don't blame you, especially if she's going to run on this. Yeah, if, so, if she's going to campaign, I should say if she's going to campaign talking like this, let's see the numbers. We've already caught her, and I've got this on audio. I'm not going to use the word lying, exaggerating. When she said, and we've got this on audio, yes. you were in the room yes, when I she was. said she was one of the most concerned in yes. in the in the scorecards. In the in the she was one of the most conservative oh, uh, yeah, representatives in the in the scorecards. Top ten. Top ten. Oh, is that the word she used? Top ten most conservative in the yeah. scorecards. We, and I've been looking, Angela and I have been looking at scorecards for 10 years now, yeah. haven't we? Yeah. We know every scorecard. I even know all the the scorecards from the other side. All right? Uh, 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 there, there's an LGBTQ scorecard I look at. Right. And, our, and I'm always glad when our representative gets a super low, horrible grade from That's them, right? right? Yeah. You know? And Andy Murr, by the way, gets a pretty, not Andy Murr, uh, Dade Phelan gets a pretty good grade yeah, from does. the LGBTQ people. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I know all the scorecards. She wasn't in any of them except for Texas values, and she wasn't in the top ten. No, no. She was not in the top ten, but she was in the honorable mention of Texas scorecards. Um, yeah. No, not Texas scorecard. TX values. Yes. TX values. I'm sorry. Right. TX values. TX values, not Texas scorecard. TX values had her as an honorable mention. I believe it was in the 80s. It wasn't even in the 90s. And it had to do with some very specific votes because Texas values um, does look at a specific set of votes. But she, her claim that she was in the top ten in all of them, isn't that the word she yeah. used? I've yes. got the recording, so we'll get yeah. it out and play it again. So if she's making baseless claims like that. Yeah, fiscal responsibility, actually she scored a D. A D on fiscal yes. responsibility. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fiscal yeah. responsibility, a D, and a B, mi- a B minus with Texans for Vaccine Choice. So yeah. um, she's trying to redeem herself, I think, these days on that. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, what can I say, Matt? Go to Fredericksburg Tea Party's uh, page and look up the tab called, uh, what do we call that? Track record. Track record. That's right. Got the 100-yard dash Got in, it there. All in there. Yep. It's, everything's in there. <laughs> Who, who's funding Ellen Drox Clear? Mm-hmm. Act Blue. Act Blue. I know, isn't that wild? Yeah. 
you look at all of these, um, uh, you, you go to the Secretary of State and you can see who's donating to who, who's taking money yeah. from whom. They all have to do that. It's very, very transparent. And I remember the first time I went over and looked at Ellen Troxclair and the first name, because they do it by the order of how much money you yeah. gave. So yeah. the top name is the most money. And I remember looking at that because when I go look at these for people I know, when it, when I go and look for Bob Hall or Kyle Biederman or 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 Pete any Torres of these other people, these we know, I yeah. look at the donor list and I recognize the names. Yeah, I reckon we know who the conservative donors are in the yes. states. Some of them we know personally. Some of them, most of them, I don't. Right. But I recognize the names, and I remember going to hers, and I look at the top name. It ought to be. One of the people we know who yes. are big donors to conserve, but it wasn't. And I said, well, who's this guy? Well, you can look him up to see who he is. He is the biggest donor to Act Blue. Yes. The yep. largest donor to Act Blue. Look up Act Blue. And you know look up Act about. Blue, right? Yeah. And yet he is the number one donor to Ellen Troxclair. I, I, what, what is, I don't know. And, what's and, going on? And now she takes money from Dade Phelan? Yeah. Political ad paid for by the Dade Phelan campaign in the upper left-hand corner of that 8.5 by 11 flyer. The largest tax cut, property tax cut in American history. The history of the universe. All right. We're going to, the sarcasm is getting really deep here. So uh, we're going to take, take a short break and we'll be right back. Protecting Texas for future generations. Matt Long on the Hill Country Patriot. All right, we are back. It's the fourth quarter of the Monday show of a short week. I will be in here on Wednesday. Um, I'm sorry, on when, on Thursday. On Thursday. I'm okay. going to be in here on Thursday. I'm going to be in here on Friday. So we'll see. Uh, not, I'm not even sure what we're going to do. If we're going to do something special on Thursday, on Thanksgiving. Right. Oh, i got a couple of days to think about it. You know, sometimes I don't know what I'm going to talk about until I'm on the drive in (laughs) i'll do better for that on thursday i'll try to i'll try let's come up with something special for uh the thanksgiving show on thursday all right angelo during the break we were looking again at that um uh the newspaper the uh texas uh no i'm sorry not the texas the uh fredericksburg not so standard um uh telegraph post paper whatever it's called (laughs) something uh like that and um she brags in there about all the bills, makes a statement that um, Kyle Biederman, and this is interesting, she's now referring to her competition. Most incumbents would not even speak to, you don't mention your yeah. challenger. Yeah. I find this very surprising that just within a week or two of Kyle um, uh, coming out and saying he wants to run for this uh, seat, um, that she immediately is going after him saying he didn't file any bills his first session. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, you know That's... why? Because he went in dead set against the speaker and the cabal there. Yes. 
Um, he's a true conservative. And joined with the, um, helped form the um, Freedom Texas, Caucus. The Texas Freedom Caucus. Texas Freedom Caucus, which, by the way, is not, is, it's completely fallen apart. I think it's a pretty worthless caucus this session. It's there. It's there. The it roots could, are there. It's it's there. Um, you just need, the, you need some conservative Republicans to be elected into these seats. When you don't have any super conservative Republicans representing you, that's what happens, yeah. right? That's yep. just what happens to any organization. And uh, but yeah, Kyle. Um, uh, and and by the way, I do remember a bill he got passed <laughs> in yes. his first session because it was one of the first bills he filed, and it had to do with bow hunting. And I remember going into his office and saying, "Good Lord, Kyle, where does this come from?" Yeah, right. And it's, it's like, wait a minute, this is that you know we we wanted uh, to end abortion, we wanted to. Uh, um, uh, get uh, um, uh, open carry. We wanted to get these right. were all things when he first entered that right. we've now have gotten since then. But and he files this bill. And by the way, it did pass. And I remember thinking. And then he explained it to me and what it was. And it yeah. was some of his constituents. And it was a real simple thing. And and yeah, so he did get a bill passed right. in that first he session. Absolutely did. And then later on, remember how we fought for the Alamo Senate? Yes. Path? He was and right there. He was on the steps of the cenotaph routinely fighting against the powers that be that wanted to desecrate it. It was mm-hmm. going to be moved. And you know what happens when you move something the size of that? It may oh, not, yeah. It, was, it wasn't going to make it. It wasn't going to make it, number one. And then they were going to shove it off into the corner. So he got that taken care of. Listen, I also was there, and I think you were too, when he was fighting for the border security bills that he got passed. And that was about four years ago where he got Democrats to support him because yes, he they did. were having all of those problems down on the border. And Democrats are having those problems down on the border, just like the Republicans, right? That's right. And he built, they built barriers. They worked on the roads. They worked on getting the uh, brush cleaned out. I mean, those are serious issues that need, I mean, you and I have been down there. The brush, yeah. that brush that's Yeah, that there cane is, is some kind of cane. Yeah, it's a type of cane. Carrizo is, cane yeah, or something like that, yeah. possible to do, you know, to... To look after those borders with that sort of thing down there so he worked hard on that and got that bill passed mm. so i don't know uh you know and, and then he's he's strategic yeah he's strategic he he doesn't have the kind of um ego that says it's gotta have my name on it or else right right so he worked very strong alongside and collaborated with his the conservative lead, uh, conservative representatives there and got other bills passed, yep. even if they didn't have his name on them. Even if they didn't have his name That's on it. That's what we know about Kyle Biederman. I do. All right, here we go. I want to say something nice about Ellen Troxclair. Go ahead. Okay. All right. Don't get mad at me. <laughs> I I um, had said before I didn't see her much at the back mic, and when we were talking to um, um, Kyle uh, last Thursday night, and then he came into the station on Friday morning and was on the air, I talked about the we want we want someone at the back mic. The back mic is where mm-hmm. your voice gets heard. And I had made the comment several times that I do not listen. I don't even think I watched maybe 2% of all the floor proceedings. Maybe 2, maybe not even 2 or 3% out of all the hours mm-hmm. and the days and hours I watched it couldn't have been more than a, just a couple of points. I never saw her at the back mic. And those were on the, the the ones, which ones that I watched? I watched the important ones, the big the, ones. The big ones. The, the ones big that ones. we 
that we would say are key votes. Right. Uh, listen, we're not watching all of the other small ones. They're out there. They're important. That's fine. But there are key votes, Matt, that we watch. So I'm watching the key vote, and and Ellen Troxler got up to the mic, got up to the back mic. Mm. And um, I think the back mic went actually back and forth. Um, she was at the front mic as well at one point, questioning someone who was at the back mic. And I saw something I had never seen anybody do at the front mic, ever, not one time. She looked into the camera and gave the first, I don't know, minute, minute and a half of her spiel looking into the camera. And I've watched a lot of floor hearings, right? bunches of them. And maybe you'll see someone whose eyes will glance up to the camera. Or glance past it. Or, or glance yeah. past it. And it may just, that was just where her eyes ended up when she was talking. I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt like I always try to do. Yes. Right? Yes. You know? Um, but she was looking right into the camera. I thought that was really weird. And I think there was two occasions, and again, this may sound like it's getting ticky-tack, but you know what? I don't care. There were two occasions where it looked like she might have been approaching tears, but couldn't quite work them up. (laughs) But you could tell that she was... I don't know. I was I was glad she got up there. I was not impressed. What it kind of reminded me of is if you see a bunch of kids ganging up on somebody mm-hmm. in the, you know, and one or two will start it and then when you see how wild it's going, a whole bunch of others will join in, yes, right? Right. In fact, very tragically, that poor kid that was killed mm-hmm. recently defending a friend of his mm-hmm. um who had had some items stolen and he went in and the way that story goes, one person started kind of beating on this kid mm-hmm. and when they were got him down all the others jumped in oh and were right there wow and i hate to say it but ellen wasn't at the front of that line mm-hmm. she waited until everybody had already primed the pumps and she got up there and um it kind of looked like she may have been just jumping just jumping in. in on the action but kudos it was a good speech very well presented um, and thank you, Ellen, and I mean this in all, all sincerity. Thank you mm-hmm. for getting up to the back mic. That's what we're looking for.